Hello and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast live and direct this week and every week from Straight Stuff Studios here in beautiful, snow-covered Midwest in the north, frosty, and it's almost the holidays. And And it's holiday-like. We're happy to have you here. Sit down and pour yourself a nice cup of hot tea and (laughs) kick back and enjoy the show. Welcome. This is episode number maybe 100. Give or it take. probably from 91 up to 100, but that's okay. You know what? It's yeah. the holidays, and that's okay. So we're glad you're here with us. We're going to listen to a little little number now, and we'll get to the show here actually, in just a minute. And actually, we're going to sing, too. Yeah. So well, if you want to sing along. So brace yourself, <laughs> pull up a nice warm seat, and enjoy the show. Oh, 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 oh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, the fields we go, laughing all the way. Making spirits bright What fun it is to ride And sing a sleigh song tonight Whoa, jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride In one horse open sleigh Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride In one horse open sleigh One more time Our second annual uh, holiday show because we did we the you know we did one last year it was you I think it was you Russ and I when we were in the other studio yes it was we were yeah. just singing and talking and having a good old time so anyway welcome to our second annual holiday show it's good to have everybody here tonight and the hundreds and hundreds of people in our studio audience <laughs> you know I'm a little nervous yeah <laughs> yeah it makes me nervous you know so many people and. And so uh, we have our we have a couple guests tonight, Scott D, who we're going to talk to about Christmas. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Glad <laughs> to have start you, with the ugly. Uh, and Russell T, who just led us in song, and who's going to do a couple more songs for us tonight. But before we get started with Scott, you, Russ, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. I know Heart, Heart Walking Productions is on tour right now. I am on tour, Rick. I left on October the 5th. I've been out on the road living from my heart for 78 days. I've driven 2,500 miles, and I am out exploring and walking uh, hearts all over America. I started in Illinois, and right now I'm down in the Ocala area of Florida. Going where it's warm, are you? Yep. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I've committed my life to inspire people to live from their heart, not their head. Mm-hmm. And I do that through song and through speaking and through coaching. And we are having fun. Fun. <laughs> we are having fun. It's like, we are having fun. It's a good thing. Well, it's good. And you know, we haven't we haven't seen you since October, so it's good to see you again. And I'm glad you're back. And because you you've done music for us here on and off. What a half a dozen times? Yeah, at least. Yeah. So. Thank you for anyway, great to back. have you, and uh, glad you're here. And then, uh, so I guess let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, 
Christmas. <laughs> and what Christmas Christmas was like for, for uh, you know. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, let me just say a couple of quick things. If you had wanted to, uh, if you want to call in tonight, um, our call-in number is 323-792-2977, or you can tweet us at Rick Atwater, and you can go to recoveryinternetradio.com for archive shows or to listen to our shows tonight. Anything and everything. Yeah. Anything and everything. And we're, we're, uh, we're here tonight. Uh, where we are every Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and the uh, tag tonight is Another Sober Christmas. <laughs> and I thought a couple times about Another Sober Christmas. It, sounds, it could sound a little ominous, like, oh, Another Sober Christmas, you know, you know, if I didn't mean it that way. So, But anyway, um, and so I wanted to know, like, you know, let's start with the ugly. <laughs> The ugly around Christmas. Yeah, the ugly around Christmas. Yeah. So, um, you know, because we're talking about a sober Christmas, which implies that there were some that were not before the sober part started. So what was it like when when things were going on? I I think I really learned the craziness around Christmas when I was a little kid. Mm. Grew up in an alcoholic family. My dad was Mm. certainly uh, uh, could use this program and... uh, Mm. My mom was kind of the uh, everything is fine. Mm. You know, wanted out, everything outside to see what you know, everything was okay. <laughs> My dad was a funeral director. Mm. And so this time of the year was particularly hard for him because there would always be either kids or things of nature. You know, he was dealing with people at their, at their worst times in their lives. And he pretty much had done that his entire life. Mm. And, um, and he wasn't, he, he was just, he was just a happy guy. He, come home he'd isolate he'd hang out and really a lot of the craziness in our house was was through my dad Mm. and grew up outside of Denver Colorado and my dad was always in charge of of getting a Christmas tree for the family and so he'd have a couple of drinks uh, before he'd go out and look at the trees it was all it had to be a live tree for what reason I still don't know today but it had to be a live tree and he'd be bringing that thing through the house through the door it was massive and he was trying to get in a little door and and it never fit in the in the house. It was either too tall or too big, or I mean, there were times I remember, and I was probably when I really started to notice it, probably 12, 13 years old. Hmm. And um, what did you what did he have to do? Like cut it off, cut the top off? Or? Yeah, well, he, he, well, there were a number of things. He, he'd cut it off at the top, or he'd be sitting there looking at it, and you'd go, you know, Dad, that that looks a little bit off. And it had big, massive holes in it in the middle of it, and he did he'd have two trunks. And he'd have to take it out into the garage, and he'd have to saw it off. And it was one night I was out there with him. So he brings it in the house, and then has to take it out in the garage. So there's pine needles and all kinds of stuff through it. And he's out there with this drill, trying to drill the hole through the middle. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking down. There's a massive amount of blood in my dad's pants. So he's, he's drilling the tree, and he drills right through his knee and, and, and doesn't even know he's drilled it. <laughs> So I, I just, and he just and he, of course, he's had a couple of beverages. And so we got to bring the, the tree back in. And he's got, he's got the tree through the front, and I'm coming in behind. And, and my mom goes, you know, what the heck happened? He goes, what do you mean what the heck happened? He looked down on his pants. There's just blood all over him. So that's one example. Another example would be he'd always get these trees that, that were off. And so one year, you know, you're, like you said, you're cutting the trunk off, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you're cutting branches off because he couldn't quite get it right. And then one year, one year, he, he couldn't get it to fit in the stand. 
<laughs> so he goes out, I'll take care of this. You know, so we're all sitting around there, and it's like Norman Rockwell, and we're all waiting for Dad to come in. He's got wire and wire cutters and nail, and he, he starts nailing with wire into the floor to get the Christmas tree level. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got wire and all kinds of stuff coming off of this thing. He's got it nailed into the baseboard of the floor. and <laughs> that's, that's how our Christmas was, was early on. And that's how, that's how you learned. How that's to, how I learned Christmas. Yeah. And all this time, my mom was you know, trying to, to manage it and make sure it all mm. looked good to the public. We never really had people come over for Christmas. Mm. When there was, there was a lot of mm. drinking. But you know, the public just didn't need to know what was going on in our household. Yeah, yeah. So, like, fast forward, what about your Christmases? My Christmases, when I really got into my disease, um, it was still about the tree. Although I can remember one of my one of my newborn sons, and I to this day I hate putting Christmas lights on Christmas trees. I hate it. I'm the type of guy that yeah. if you get a tree, throw the lights on. That's it. I mean, it's, it's like one bundle of. Uh, so my insanity, my dad, is, it's like one bundle. Plug them in, and we're good. And there's about a you know three foot area of, of Christmas lights. So you don't put you don't put lights on? No, I do. Oh, you do. I, 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 there's another 12-step program for that, but I, I, I'm good. <laughs> what is that? Lights Anonymous. <laughs> Lights Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. But one, one, year, one. Yeah. one year, my son's sitting next to me, and he's young. And I, you know, like, I'm like everybody else. I do like a rope thing, tie them off, throw them in the, the Christmas tree thing, and then they come out the next year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've had a few beverages in me when I'm undoing these, mm-hmm. and I can't get these things undone to save my life. I mean, they are. They're all knotted up. Yeah. yeah. And my son, my son uh, is sitting next to me, and my wife at the time comes out and hears, says, what the heck is going on? I said, oh, my, you know, his name's Thomas. I said, Thomas is the one that screwed up all these lights. You know, I mean, that's just my insanity as yeah. well. I was so mad yeah. at him. Right. And, and I had kind of those flashbacks of just like, wow, this is this is and exactly Thomas was how. like a, what a year? Yeah, he might have been four or five. Oh, four or five. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to him about that the other day. At least we he, want to make it believable. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I, I said, do you remember that? And he goes, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. He might have been a little older than four and five, but it's just like, wow. Did you ever get those lights on? No. In fact, I went out and bought a whole new set of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Said, you know, enough of this. Somehow they got in the trash can. I don't know how that happened, but. Uh, Went out and bought, you know, three, four right. pairs of them. Yeah. So. Isn't that how that, that, that's how that works. That's, they plan to do that. Yeah. You know. So now my Christmas tree has lights already on it. <laughs> <laughs> there are any lights that I put on. I just, yeah. you know, throw the lights on or throw the balls on and off we go. Yeah. You got a fake one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We don't go out and cut trees well, anymore. Well, you know, we, the challenge was we used to have a fake one until we had a Labrador dog. His name was Nero. And Nero was doing really well until he walked around the corner one day and poked out his eye on, oh. the, uh, on the long needles that we had on the tree. Oh. So needless to say, that was the last of the, the real trees in our household, and we had fake ones after that. Yeah, yeah. So Nero, Nero, eventually we had to put Nero down because he was blind in the eye. He's sitting out on our lawn one summer, and the mailman comes around and got him on the blind side, and he bit him, and, you know, that was the end of Nero. Blindsided. Blindsided. him. Blindsided them, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's not, that's not, what, I wonder what your kids what your kids will remember about your early, their early Christmases with, with you know. The, we'll we'll call we'll say there's the beverage Scott and then there's the non-beverage Scott. The beverage Scott for me was most of my drink. In fact, almost all of my drinking went on the road. I isolated. I led two yeah. different lives. I had the the road on the life and then the road at home, or the life at home, and. Christmas was like the, the go time for me because I had permission. 
had brothers-in-law that were coming over, and we, we were all getting liquored up and all doing crazy things. So it was more of the look of, you know, you are really making a fool of yourself. And, and just, I look back at some of those videos, you know, that, that you have with the big video things. Yeah, the ones like, you try to get rid of yeah. and fail. Yeah. <laughs> there was that side of me, and then there was the ugly side of, I was so angry at my wife at that point in time for pointing these things out that the videos, just conveniently, she wouldn't be in the video for the Christmas of our kids. Mm. She was conveniently left out because I was, you know, I mean, I'm embarrassed about that. You yeah. can look at those today and you see brothers-in-law and relatives, but you, you don't, don't see, see her. You don't see her. She stayed, she in other words, she was staying away from you? She was staying away or I just conveniently forgot to put her in the picture. <laughs> 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 Probably more of that. Probably a little bit more of that. But. Because the guys went and partied. The guys hung out downstairs or upstairs away from everybody else. And the kids would be off doing their thing with the cousins because they were older mm-hmm. then. And the wives would be off you know, doing what they did as well. So it was like isolation. Factions here, factions here, factions there. Mm-hmm. There was never really any... You know. Did she ever say anything to you about your, your uh, Christmas um, beverage behavior? I'm sure she did. And, uh, and it was kind of like, I mean, you don't remember if uh, she did probably or both, Rick. <laughs> it was like, you know, I really don't care because I got the green light. And the green, the green light is it's, it's you don't have to it's work. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. with family. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. But actually it was, it was really a big deal. Yeah. To her and other people as well. And looking back on it now, it, it was, that was really, uh, that was really the height of my disease that mm. I was just, it was on. And yet, you, you know, you threw, you threw in the fuel of alcohol and the brothers-in-law, and there were a few that probably could have gotten some use in this program. And it was like the one-upmanship thing. It was like pouring the fuel on, and it was just, here we go. <laughs> and it was, it was off to the races. Yeah, so, so it was, that was more important to you than the, the family part of the family holiday. Family holiday, exactly. Yeah. When I didn't like it when, uh, actually, I, did, I liked it better when it was our place because I could hide liquor around the place and other things. And I remember we'd go to different, different states, and I would be driving so fast to get there. It wasn't for the holidays. It's because I got to be able to drink. Yeah. And I had a couple brothers-in-law that were right, right in tune with that as well. So, you know, it was a stressful drive. I had to have four or five beers before, you know, once you got down there and just... So it, the, the, the excitement started, like, right when you walked in the door. Yeah. But the excitement wasn't about Christmas. No. No, it was all about me. <laughs> Which I would come to learn. You know, yeah. About me. Yeah. You come to learn that. You come yeah. to learn that later. Yeah, absolutely. So, but she, but your wife did say something to you or did say something along the way? Yeah, and, and it got to the point how I handled conflict or how yeah. I handled um, people talking about my drinking was very similar like my dad. Hmm. No, no emotion. It was like the veil came down and I'd just turn around and walk away. Hmm. There, there was no discussion whatsoever. Because I was entitled to that. Yeah. It's Christmas, the holidays. Yeah. Man, I was working hard. Yeah. You know, all those things that go along with it that I would come to learn, you know, later on by just really how selfish I was. Yeah. And how I had no concept of reality and what that was around Christmas. Family, you know, just there was nothing. Because you didn't have that, and you didn't have that experience, did you? I mean, you didn't really have that experience, so you didn't really have a sense of it when you when you were having your own no it was more of um, kind of like it was a burden 
Yeah. This is really a pain putting up the tree. And of course, I didn't do very well with the lights. And then, the, and then the, there were other times too when I was young. It, when I was a young kid, you know, tinsel was big back then. Do you think I took individual pieces of tinsel and put it on the tree? Man, I was throwing handfuls on the tree. Yeah, that looks about good enough. My mom would just go crazy. There's a big ball of it. Yeah, a big ball of it hanging out. And some would be on the ground, and Nero, our lab, would be eating it, and we'd have to take him to the vet. You know, it, was just, it just wasn't a pretty thing. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Did you manage to make it through all your Christmases, you know, as you, as you, as you went through it without, without putting an extra hole in your leg? Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how. how yeah, how I was dark did it what, get Whatever happened? Did your dad go to the emergency room in? Or? You know, I don't remember. I probably know on my dad throw throw a little gauze on it, you know, an ace bandage, and and we'll be fine. Little duct tape. Little mm-hmm. duct tape, but you know, it was. Rub some dirt in it. There you go. Rub some was, pencil in it. You know, and and I think my mom <laughs> candidly, since he was so drunk didn't want to take him to the hospital anyway. She'd be embarrassed. Right. right? That right. whole Norman Rockwell, everything. And I learned a lot of that. That is one of the major things I've learned in my, in my sobriety mm. is that uh, it was this image management and I wanted, you know, I wanted you to see, I wanted you to see what really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And everything was perfect. Everything was fine. And it's still something I work with with my sponsor and other guys in the program because it's, it's just so ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. The image management of everything's fine, everything's perfect, no, no issues. So the red scarf tonight, that's kind of an image thing? Or? Well, you know, it's the holidays. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this is radio. And so, oh, yeah, you know, right. for people at home. That's right. Yeah. They're not going to know, looks, right? He, so, look, he looks good yeah. so, so you don't like the fact I don't have any pants on? Or yeah. what, 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 what's the problem with that? Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> you know. No biggie. You you know. Know. I could have worn the Speedos for you, but, you know. <laughs> oh, you're hurting me. You're hurting me. <laughs> You hurt, you hurt me here. The visual is just not yeah, there, is it? Like, yeah, yeah. Somebody said I really had a face for radio. Yeah. So anyway, something like that. So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, how do you do with the trees now? Are you things are a little better? You know, you know what's happened over time is is I started to get really back into the traditions of Christmas and putting a tree up. My boys are older now. They're a lot older and they have their own lives. They have girlfriends and mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And so what I'm learning is, you know, you can still have your own Christmas. You know, needless to say, uh, uh, sometimes it's hard when your kids go away and they have, they have their own wives and girlfriends and things at their house. But it, it's still, to me, it's a little bit about just the, the structure and balance of the program and what, and what it really means, at least for me. Yeah, it sounds like that, that's that whole, the, the whole underpinning of what Christmas is yeah. about was missing. Yeah. It was missing maybe when it, when you were a kid, and it's missing. It was missing as you as you grew up, and then it was missing when you were drinking. There was the only thing that Christmas was of value to me is that I didn't have to hide my drinking. It was it was all about you know as I said I, I had I had kind of the free reign. It was like it was a green light to go ahead and drink because all of my drinking was was done in see I was, I was two different guys. You know I traveled on the road. I looked for companies that had. Uh, you know, that type of culture where mm-hmm. I could be away from home so I could do this. And then I'd come home and I thought, you know, what a great guy I am for just going to my son's baseball or basketball games and maybe coach. I had no realization of what being a father was. Mm-hmm. Another one of the gifts of the program about what being a sober dad is. Mm-hmm. And, and that continues to evolve over time as well. So you were just a nice guy that drank too much? I don't even know if I was a nice guy. I think I wanted you to think I was a nice guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't, 
I wasn't one of these guys that checked out the program and was online looking at the 12 steps and all this. It was, it was, it was just a moment of, a moment of clarity, mm-hmm. a whisper, if you will, that, that just that spiritual experience. That's like a millisecond. Mm-hmm. And I realized I had a problem. Yeah. And that, that's really what led to getting me in here. And the light came on. Yeah. Just, just so, and then, then it was an instant and I went back to my old behavior and my whole behavior was the veil was down, no emotion, Whenever there was conflict, the voice would get slower, and it would get much lower. And that was my defense about, you know, don't, don't mess with me. And if I even had any conversation mm. with anybody, I'd turn around and walk away. I'd isolate. I did the same behaviors that my dad did. My dad went from the bedroom to the couch to the basement. Mm. And that's exactly what happened with me over time with my family. That, that was his prog- that was the that progression, was progression of the disease. Yeah. And unfortunately... Uh, he died alone in the basement by himself. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the that's even past the ugly of this disease. Yeah, and just yeah. Uh, just the the, and I was certainly headed down that path as well. All right. There there's no question about that. I might as well have been a thousand miles. Away. My my family was a floor up above me, mm. thousand miles away. Yeah, I think a lot of guys, a lot of a lot of sober guys know about the basement. It's a lot of things with couches. Yeah, couches and basements. And, and I still yeah. I still struggle today with sleeping. If I go and visit someone and I have to sleep on a couch, there's I, I've got to be a little bit careful of that. Yeah. Because it brings back a lot of not so pleasant memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was it, it was you know I, I had I had a washer and dryer less less than ten feet away from me and in the clothes and the lack of hygiene and and things that were stacked up in the corner and I had my office I worked out of my home and it was. It was it was horrible. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I justified it. There was no emotion. It's okay. It's all their fault. It's all her fault. The veil. The veil. Mm-hmm. The the mortician. <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. So you know, unfort you know, there was just this. There was no emotion, and that that's really the key. There was no joy. There was no emotion. There was no faith. There there was nothing as far as uh, you know. I hear people talk a lot about spiritual bankruptcy. Yeah. But I didn't realize it at the time. I had no, I had no real, just what the real world was about. Just, I, I mean, I was incredibly isolated. Incredibly isolated. Yeah, it sounds like a bad place to be. Yeah. Bad place to be. And then, well, I think what we'll do is maybe we'll 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 stop at that point. We'll do a little we'll do a little music, and then we'll come back and talk about what what you did to. Uh, you know, move through that and maybe talk about, we talked about Christmas past. Maybe we'll talk about Christmas present. present. Awesome. Does that mean that we have to find, do we have to get, you know, do we have to get Scrooge? Maybe rattle some chains. Yeah. Who wants to play Scrooge? Oh. (laughs) All right. So what are we going to do? Rusty, what are we going to do? We are going to do Silver Bells. And this is really kind of neat. I'm going to sing the first verse. Okay. But one of uh, our friends, Mark M. out of Crystal Lake, he wrote a second verse, which is about recovery, so okay. I'll throw that in there. All right. City sidewalk, busy sidewalk, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing. Meeting smile after smile 
And on every street corner you'll hear Silver bells, you can join me if you want Silver bells, it's Christmas time in the city Ring-a-ling, hear them ring, soon it will be Christmas Day. And now for Mark's verse. Go to meetings, work the 12 steps with a sponsor who cares. Keep it simple one day at a time. Easy does it, love and patience, meditation and prayer. It's a program of recovery. Sobriety, sobriety. It's a new way of living. I'm sober now, thanks to a higher power. I'm grateful to be in AA. I'm grateful to be in AA. I'm grateful to be in AA. Thank you. Nice job. I like it. I like it. Mark Mark M. Isn't that beautiful? Mark M. Really good. Love it. Thank you, Mark. Added the added the uh, the stuff to it. <coughs> so yeah. So did any? Um, I wonder. Do you, do you remember any uh, Christmases that? were uh, particularly memorable in your background? Oh, my gosh. They are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say that, but... No. I, yeah, I, you, gotta, I, you, you know, crazy I mean, what, what jumped out at me yeah. wasn't a crazy one. I'll just never forget the time that I got a brand-new silver... I don't know if it was a 12-speed or 18-speed. Yeah. But, I mean, that was just really a special time. Um my childhood was wonderful. I just remember hearing the rustling of the paper or the footsteps, and I would go, I want to sneak and catch the dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Santa, man. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, they yeah. had me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. You know? You believed in Santa. Yeah. My, my parents, um, they, they were not active alcoholics. They weren't drinkers. Yeah. You know, it, it skipped a generation when it got to me. Yeah. Um, no, we had we had good Christmases. I mean, it, we had intense moments, you know, like, hurry up, get this done, let's go. Yeah. You know, but there was nothing like, you know, drilling, <laughs> drilling into your <laughs> leg <laughs> and <laughs> blood. <laughs> we didn't have any of that. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> you, Chris, do you remember any, any particularly interesting ones? Oh my gosh, you know I, I I think about it now when I have I have kids that that are younger, and uh, you know they're they're eight and nine and they're still they're still uh, you know for any any of our younger listeners Santa is real and he will be coming hopefully <laughs> if, if you've been good this year so 
how excited they are and seeing and seeing how how much fun that it is for me and where I'm at in my life to be able to to enjoy them enjoying it and you know how how special it is for them this time of year. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice. How about you, Mo? You remember any special Christmases? Um, <laughs> honestly? Yeah. I've never really liked the way we do Christmas. You never like Christmas that much? Well, what I like is the meaning of Christmas. Yeah. And mm. so the material stuff around it has never really um, inspired me. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I love the gathering. I love um I love it when we get to the meeting. So yeah. in my childhood we didn't have the same meaning that I hold today. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I have created really great Christmases. Yeah, we we have. Yeah. Especially this year was really fun cutting down the tree. Yeah, oh yeah. We yeah. we did it. We 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 did, we went live this year. Yeah. Didn't have two uh Two stumps on it? No, it's yeah. a little crooked, and I have to admit that I was thinking seriously about some wires. Ah, but, now we but, know. But I, <laughs> but I didn't go there. I didn't go there. I was just thinking about. I was thinking about a Christmas um, when I was a kid, um, and I got a, I got a record player. And the, to tell you how long ago this was, this was it, you. you it was just like a box, like almost like a cardboard box type of thing, and it had a little clasp on it, and you opened it up, and then you put the put the record on the spindle, and it, you know, I mean, it was as cheesy as it could be, and we plugged it in, and we started playing the record, and the thing started to smoke. <laughs> Every, everybody started freaking out, and we... You know, it was kind of funny, and uh, you know, I could tell my dad was very disturbed about having bought this thing, and you know, have it, and I'm sure what's going through his mind is, oh no, now I have to return it and get another one. I have to explain why this thing burnt up, you know. <laughs> but it was kind of amusing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just remember the story um, talking about records. Yeah. I I asked for a little reel to reel. Yeah. Like these little three inch reel to reel recorders, mm-hmm. and I will never forget my parents. They played cards. They played setback or something like that, and they would have their friends over, and I would go sneak in the room next to them and slide this recorder by the table <laughs> because they were always screaming and laughing and making all this racket, so I would, like, record them and then play it back. <laughs> that was, that was fun. That was, your first, that was your first foray into your profession as a yeah, spy, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. How about you, Tom? You got any? You got any uh, Christmas memories? Let the beatings begin. <laughs> that was Christmas. Merry Christmas. No, you know, actually, my mom did a, a good job of Christmas. She decorated the house real nice. A lot of presents under the tree. Yeah. A lot of attention from him, but he kept his hands off us for a little bit there. That was a respite. Yeah, but he's just a strange dude. I mean, I was just thinking a few years when we were kids, there was just tension during the holidays. Mm-hmm. We just tried to ignore her, tried to ignore him and enjoy what my mom was trying to do. I remember a few years ago, he brought some guy, some guy he brought over. Um, this was like four years ago. Well, my mom's and he brings some guy over and he spent his whole time in the kitchen with this, some guy that he was helping, I guess. And the guy shit him. <laughs> the guy shit his pants in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> These are your memories. 
This is your Christmas. This is what, this is I think, when I think of home, I think of my stepdad. And what an asshole he is, always his best. <laughs> so he, but he was always so nice to strangers. Greatest guy in the world to strangers. Everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. He brings some stranger over and he spends his whole day. I, I can remember just thinking, this, he's spending his whole time with some guy he barely knows and sitting with his family. And about halfway through the day, he sticks his head in the living room and goes, oh, he has to take this guy home. And when he left, my mom said the guy shoot himself in the kitchen. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Wrap it up and put it under the tree or what? I don't know. Well, with our day. It's our Christmas. The old man was gone. We were glad he was out of the house. And, you know, mm-hmm. shitty friend with But you know, I bet you there's a, I bet you there's a lot of, a lot of kids that, that would relate to that, would relate to the, the tension in the house, you know. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, I mean, you know, You've got a drunk in the house. You don't know. You know, it might be a nice day. It might not be a nice day. In your case, it doesn't even have to be a drunk. But, you know, you never know. You just never know. You know, there's a lot of kids out there like that. Hey, you ever, you, we were doing Christmas memories. Do you have any Christmas memories? Good or bad, it doesn't matter. I mean, you heard Tom, so, you, you, you're, you know, wow. you can go anywhere you want. That was pretty high most of the time. You <laughs> <laughs> were smoking a tree. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Let's see. You know, when I was a kid, my, my, uh, well, my aunt, the big thing was to get together at my aunt's. And then the, they'd play poker. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd start uh, drinking. Mm-hmm. And then my aunt, who was just a, a wonderful lady, um, you know, my dad would get going. And then it would get kind of crazy. One year, uh <laughs> Uh, my cousin and I decided to give each other a haircut. We were maybe ten years old, uh-huh. so we cut each other's hair. Well, you can just imagine what that was like. Right. And we come walking out into my aunt's um, like small little dining room. They're all playing cards, and they just freaking went ballistic. And my dad's drunk, and so he starts, you know, with my aunt, but like your fucking kid, dude. <laughs> she goes, "What do you mean, my kid?" You know, and that was just kind of how. You know, it was, uh, it was just another day. It was just another day. You know? Day and, and then, you know, as I got older, I would just, you know, I would get high and then just, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I really didn't know what was going on. You know, I was having a good time, though. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, how about you? I, I don't want to, I don't want to, how about you, Sandy? Do you have any Christmas memories? It's very, I don't know, good ones, bad ones? Grasshoppers and Brandy Alexander's. <laughs> that was about it. I always had great Christmases. Did I had seven brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, foster kids. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. The teenagers sounds... were getting high. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> wait to be a teenager. <laughs> well, that's a normie Christmas. It sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. But, you know, the one thing I wonder about is, like, did anybody... Did, Anybody along the way get um, get the 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 meaning the family feel or understand what what you know Christmas was supposed to be about the spirit of it uh, togetherness was that a part of your when my of, sister and I got older we had our own yeah with my sister and our, our yeah. kids together yeah 
Yeah. Then you had it. Yeah, I enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy going because my sister's gonna be there with her kids. My kids are gonna be there. Yeah. When it's my sister, my sister and I, and all our kids together. No, it's okay. That feels like family. Yeah. That's when it's, that's when I feel like it's family. Yeah. 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 You know where I learned it was in AA. Did you? Yeah, my parents died at a fairly young age, but. Um, Needless to say, when you're isolated in the basement and going through a divorce, you finally end up moving out and you're in right. an apartment by yourself. And as you said a number of times, you know, the loving arms of AA, guys reached mm-hmm. out and, you know, I was spending Christmases at their house. Mm-hmm. And I never really had that connection of what a family was about and cousins and all, because my mom kept everybody away. And so uh-huh. this cousins and, and brothers and sisters and exchanging of presents and all that, and they'd have presents there for me. And early on, I just, you know, that happened a number of years. I just didn't get it, Rick. It was like, wow, this is incredible. And it was genuine, you know. It it was never genuine, you know, the tension you were, it was never genuine. It was always just, everybody was on eggshells and and, and just the the fear. Sure. The fear of what was going to happen next. Yeah, and if you, you know, and messing up the the family image. Yeah. Yeah. So that and and that happened quite a few years for me. I was out living on my own, just getting sober. Had a little Christmas tree up, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, early on, there was a lot of victimization, a lot of you know feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd have this little Christmas tree, and I'd be sitting in this apartment, wondering where all my kids were and all this, and what happened, right? Because then the reality kind of mm-hmm. starts to happen. Yeah. And so how I didn't have any alcohol, so what I'd do is I'd take a gallon of ice cream. Here was my, here was my Christmas celebration. I'd put it in a salad bowl. Oh, I'd no. cook up a cherry pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that cherry pie would go in the salad bowl, and I'd get a big soup spoon, mm-hmm. get on a straddle because that's the only piece of furniture other than a couch that I had in this apartment. And I'd sit back, and I'd put a tea towel on my chest, and I'd put the, put the salad bowl right there, and I'd just eat eat my, my loneliness and my frustration and my fear away, mm-hmm. which I would come to find out later was, you know, just took one addiction and tied it to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were feeling sorry for yourself, what were you thinking? What was your, what was your, um, what was your favorite um, self-pity fantasy? Cherry pie. Cherry pie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I know the guys that, you know, I want to. I want to go out in the desert and pass away by myself, and then the coyotes will howl, and everybody will feel sorry. You know, I mean, I just wondered if you had a you had a favorite. You know, I didn't have any coping skills. Yeah. And what I'm even learning more now is that there was just this current of anger that was in me, but I I never got upset, and that was the way I was raised. You know, going back to this this veil, this everything mm-hmm. is fine, and it was just, I, it was just this. How in the world could this have happened? And I was always blaming other people. Yeah. I would never take any accountability for my own actions because, you know, I was just, I mean, what a great guy I was. And that just wasn't the case at all. Yeah. And it was this, were you, was this when you were drinking or after you got sober? This is after I got sober. Yeah. So you were still feeling pretty sorry for yourself at that yeah, point. Yeah, I was one of these guys that, excuse me, my life didn't get better when I walked in. It took, it took a lot of, you know, God had to grind me and, 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 and get, me, get me at least somewhat humble hmm. and uh, get me to a point where I was ready to surrender. And that took some time. And thank God I had guys and families, particularly around the holidays, that took me under their wing and said, you know, and oh, here, by the way, here's a Christmas present for you. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> I never had anything like that happen before. How old were you? No, Russ, we're looking at, you know, 
I don't really disclose my age, but uh, <laughs> this was probably uh, this was probably late forties. Yeah, just getting sober, and it was it. It was um, I couldn't really process it when I'd walk away from that, and 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 was, guys, it, the, was it the kindness yeah, or the? It was the genuineness of it. Oh. It was the family component of it. Right. And and the joy of kids, laughter. Yeah. Playing together, yeah. and and I just I didn't get it, and I still have a hard time processing it sometimes. Of, of the whole holiday season, you know, like like you were saying though, you know, it's more about the spirit, and and I'm just starting to learn that. I was a little kid, and 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 even when I was a dad, it was it was all about the presents. It's all about how much you could throw up under, you know, how, how big the presents would be underneath the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But never the never the connect, never the people connection or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just didn't have that. It just wasn't there. Yeah. So what was your second sober Christmas like? About the same. Yeah. About the same. A little bit better. Not so much the uh, the victimization, but when is it going to change? You know when? And then it was more of I deserve. Mm-hmm. Kind of flip from the pity or the victimization to you know. I deserve more than this. And then mm-hmm. there was that anger, but I still couldn't process it was anger. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, just t- it just took time. And, ha- and how, you know, my sponsor picked up on that earlier, so it was like doing service work for other people. That's, that's what started to break that, that shell and that anger. And, and it's, still, it's, it's still there. How do you think that works? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, do, you know, I know... You know, how does it work that, like, if you're, if you're feeling sorry for yourself and angry inside, you go out and help somebody else, and you feel better? How's that? And, and you hear it all the time. Right. Yeah, and, and recovery is not convenient. Mm. You know, there's, there's always, because I can justify, instead of going to help somebody or whatever the case might be, I can justify why I shouldn't do that mm-hmm. or why I don't want to do that. And, and... But I've also seen it not only in my life, but in other people's lives. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I thought when I first get, you know, like a cure for cancer, service work can be very, very simple. Whether it's with, with guys or gals that are in the program and, and people that are outside of the program. And it doesn't have to be some big, dramatic, look at me, how great I'm doing. It can be a little bit more behind the scenes. Yeah. And that was not how I rolled early on. Hmm. You know, if somebody paid me a compliment... It was, you know, I mean, I've learned to say thank you most of the times in this program. Just thank you. Right. Instead of trying to draw more things out to feed my insecurities, to feed my ego about how great a guy I was. Or else not believe it at all and yeah. just put it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a gift. Major gift. Yeah. Major yeah. gift. A Christmas gift. Yeah, it was. Or something. Yeah. It, it, was, it, it was very slow for me. Yeah. And then when I started to feel a little bit more, feel, and that was the key word, then I wanted more, but then I got impatient. Then I got angry, and it was like I deserve, you know, that that that, that cycle just kept coming, coming around. Yeah. And and thank God I had a sponsor. Thank God I had guys that you know, kind of level set me in that area. And then God level set me in that area as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when 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 did you start to feel like when did you first get to, um, like. Maybe you would say that you're starting to understand or the shell is cracked to the extent that you, that you can let the spirit in. 
the spirit of Christmas or when a relationship uh, went very very bad with a woman. Yeah. I had met a, a woman and thought, man, these promises are outstanding. <laughs> I love the promises. Is that in the promises? I you don't think so. You will, you, will meet a, you will meet a beautiful woman and have a, have a wonderful relationship and live happily yeah. after after. You know that's how guys always say beautiful, too? Yeah. You never heard a guy say, you know, I, I've been dating this really ugly woman and she's terrific. Yeah. You know? No, I've never heard that. And, 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 and that had to get me in pain, emotional pain that I, that I didn't even have when I went through my divorce because hmm. I wasn't ready. I was two. I was two. And, and I... There was something very freeing about being all in, mm-hmm. and then there's something over time about just really being in the fetal position, wondering, you know, what what is going on, mm-hmm. and that that hurt, the hurt, yeah. the curtain had come down, the veil was was cracked, mm-hmm. and the hurt in the heart was the first time I think I'd ever experienced that as a man, mm-hmm. and thank God I had guys. One of them sitting in this room tonight that had had a similar experience and was able to share his experience, strength, and hope with me. And it was, it, it took a long time. And I can still get tweaked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can, you know, that victimization and it's the holidays and all that. I've got to stay out of that stuff. I've got to stay out of the hype mm-hmm. and that, 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 oh, I've. You know, if I only had dot, 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 fill in, fill in the blank. And I can go so many different ways with that. Mm-hmm. So that was an event that, like, kind of cracked you that up. Went, that, that cracked me. Yeah. It brought me to my knees, literally. Right. You know, I'm not one of these big, teary guys. And, you know, I was literally laying in my bed or laying on my couch in the fetal position, hugging my pillow, crying like a little bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I was just, I was, I was broken. Yeah. Emotionally. I think it was the first time it ever happened to me. Yeah. So you, do you get to feel, like, do you get to feel the other side of that too now that you're, like, you, you've, you've cracked, you know, you're cracked open that way emotionally. Now you can feel the other side. Yeah. You can feel the joy. And what, I, what I've realized is just how much, or starting to realize how much I hurt my former wife. And how that that lack of respect and that lack of no conversation with her at all was incredibly disrespectful and hurtful. I took a lot of pride, you know. I never slapped my wife around. I never laid a hand on her. But I emotionally abused her like no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking back on it now, you know, she had some health issues. And uh, I, I just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Emotionally. Have you cleaned that up with her? Yes. What's, what's Christmas like with her? Is, is she involved at all with you around the holidays? Or? No, we, we've set an arrangement up with my boys where she has Christmas Eve with them, mm-hmm. and then I have Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's gotten more civil. I remember early on, and it took me a long time to get to a point where guys would say to me, you do the right thing and... and live and work the 12 steps of this program and you will have a relationship with her mm-hmm. down the road. And I did not believe it. I said, there's no way anyone know it has. Mm-hmm. Is it, we're not going to coffee every, every morning. That's, that's, I don't want to give that impression. But we have a civil relationship that, quite frankly, my boys are older now. It's more about revolving around the boys, mm-hmm. whether it be like you know, holidays, birthdays, sure. that type of thing. Sure. 
you guys do you do you remember your first sober Christmas? Wow. Yeah, I do actually. Good. I was remember uh, with the girls. I think we were the girls must have been well, this would have been a year old. Kitty Kittle wasn't even on the scene yet. Yeah, it was it was different. <laughs> it was different. What was different about it? It wasn't chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was no chaos. Yeah. Mine was last year, last Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I moved to Chicago. I had to walk away from everything I knew, my kids, my grandkids, to save myself. Because I would have, I would not have survived. Okay. But it was a great Christmas at my mm. girlfriend's. Yeah. Like at your girlfriend's? Home. Yeah. 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 I've known her for 42 years. She took me in, as a matter of fact. Did she? Mm-hmm. Long way to come from Las Vegas to save <coughs> yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No car, two suitcases, and two years later, here I am. <laughs> so this will be my second Christmas. Good for you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's good. How about you, Russell? You remember your first? I do. Man, it was in it was um, Christmas of '92, and I was raw. I was. I mean, we had a great Christmas. I mean, the the structure of it was beautiful. You know, my kids were were young then because they were born in '86 and '87, so they were a few years old. Uh, it was beautiful. But emotionally, like when Scott was talking about when you, when I stopped, you know, some people have heard me say the rhyme when I quit drinking, drugging, mm-hmm. and et cetera, whatever the things that go along with that. Um, Great pillage. And just really, and really was clean. I was feeling all of my emotions, so I was okay by myself and by people, my recovery family. And when I got around my my blood family, my you know, my mom, dad, brothers, sisters, and all the relatives, I felt, it was almost like peer pressure. They weren't putting it on me. I was putting it on me. Right. And I didn't know how to handle that. So I would distance myself from them because I didn't feel like I could communicate it. I couldn't share it. I didn't feel they understood me. I didn't really feel I understood them on that level. Every other level, yes. But on that level, it was un- it was uncomfortable because I... I, I had gone into a stage of heavy, uh, when I quit drinking, I really OD'd on religion, on the rules and the, and the dogma of it all, but I went into anorexia. Um, and then I was trying to gain my weight back, eating right, so around the holidays, there's a lot of sweets and a lot of food everywhere, and I was struggling. Yeah. I mean, I was struggling. But I was involved, and I was there, and I was having a good time with them, yeah. but I really had to monitor my, you know, my feelings and my thoughts about that. Yeah. But loved it. How about you, Tony? Remember your first sober Christmas? I was thinking about that when Scott was talking. You know, my last drunk Christmas was just so pathetic. (laughs) I spent two days, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, drinking and drugging by myself until I passed out. Mm. I remember I ripped the phone out off the wall because I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I just drank and I, I think I might have been trying to kill myself. Because I just drank and drug nonstop for probably four days. So my first sober Christmas was a blessing. Because I was still breathing and I was around people. You know, I got sober in California, San Diego, and out there there is so much social stuff going on twenty four seven that I mean you just dive into that and you just ride that wave until you can start loving yourself. Mm-hmm. 
know, they have that here too, but it's not to the extent that it is up there because there's just so much going on all the time. Yeah. And I just jumped into that. I got a bunch of guys. They grabbed me. And I just rode that way with them until I could start um, thinking and feeling and loving for myself. Hmm. So it was all good for me. Yeah. They actually do. They, they actually have Christmas in California? Oh, yeah, we do the lights. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because I, I remember one time I was on the phone with my mom and I said, you know, it doesn't matter where you live in the United States. There's Christmas lights from the West Coast to the East Coast and everywhere in between. Yeah. And uh, it's all the same. It doesn't matter what part of this country you live in. It's Christmas is Christmas in the good old America. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know what? So um, maybe maybe we can just, you know, go around, you know, one last time and, and talk about, like, what what Christmas means now, what it's like for you, you know, what it's like for you now, what it means, what 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 your Christmas message is now. I think what it mean, you know, what it means for me is it's a lot calmer. There's not the noise in my head that used to be. When there's not as much hype. One of the things I've learned about any holiday or anything where there's Excited. I got to stay out of the hype, mm-hmm. and I've got to have an exit strategy. If I'm in an environment where there's a lot of hype, whether it be a Christmas party, and I've got to have phone numbers and, and mm-hmm. all those things. What it means, I mean, just I, I don't e- I don't even know if grateful is the right word. They've invented a word for really what it is to be sober mm-hmm. and continue to be sober and mm-hmm. to continue to learn more about who you are and recovery. Uh, and it started to unpack for me relationships mm. and family and to be part of, not the center of attention, to be, to be part of. And uh, particularly where I am in my life is to, be, is to take snapshots and pictures of things because your boys are going to go on and they're going to create their own lives mm-hmm. and have their own children and their own lives. And you'll have that opportunity as well, but it's not... It's more vivid now. It was a blur before. So it's it's much more vivid to me in a good way. Yeah. It's visual. Yeah. Yeah. Any any message that you'd like to you'd like to send? Any message you'd like to tell? Like like you mentioned that that you know staying close to the program, having numbers, uh, you know, having an exit strategy. Are there any other things that you would tell like newly newly recovering people to do? Yeah, a, quick, a quick story, Rick. I was, I was, and I'd always heard about that, and I'd, I'd never been in a situation where I needed that. But I was uh, in downtown Chicago going to a Christmas party, kind of a networking event because I was out of work. And, I, and I, I had the strategy. I had the numbers. I discussed it over with my sponsor. He knew where I was, quiet times, the whole thing. And I walked by a building. I took the train down there and walked by a building that I had worked on when I was rocking and rolling, worked mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And I remember about 25 floors up, I was here. I had my hands behind my head, foot up on a desk. This is 20 years earlier. Looking out over the skyline of Chicago on the Chicago River saying, I finally made it. And what I realized is that after time, that was when it went down. That's when I started the, the fall down. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know that that would happen to me. So I walked by this building, and I'm in my head immediately I walk into the suite at the Hyatt. There's champagne, cocktail dresses, a view of downtown Chicago, and I was in trouble. 
I was in trouble right there. And that's the time I realized, you know, I got to I got I got to do what I got to do. And so I got out of there and called my sponsor. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so the message was be you never know when this disease is going to sneak up on you. I don't need Christmas. I don't need Thanksgiving, but for me it's just more escalated with the hype. One of the gifts of the program, I can, I'm now aware of that and have an awareness, you know, the golden coin that I didn't have before. Yeah. It gives me an opportunity to be more aware of my surroundings and what's going on. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of newly recovering people out there that are thinking, you know, um, I've got this or, uh, you know, I haven't had a drink in, you know, 10 days yeah. and I'm, hand, you know, and it's and so this is a dangerous you know it's a dangerous yeah. time because there's family you yeah. know uh, stuff and all kinds of things that can light people up and hit them unexpectedly Absolutely. blindside. What was yeah. your dog's name again? Nero. Nero. Nero got the blindside. Get, yeah. get Neroed. That, that male <laughs> you don't man is get, still limping you don't around. You don't want to get Neroed by the by the hooch. <laughs> mm. Nero the pooch. Nero the pooch. Don't get you know. Okay. Well, anyway, there, so I. I I thank you for that because there's there's good stuff in there. People are you know paying attention and listening to some of the things that that you know that sober guys do to stay sober. I think that's pretty important. Listen material. to your sponsor. Yeah. Listen to guys that 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 have been around, guys and gals, because as you mentioned earlier, I got this. And when I'm in my mind not accepting something that might, there's an automatic hand that goes up. It's in my mind like you know, I got this, mm-hmm. and I don't have it. And that was probably the most vivid example of you just never know how this disease, you know, you hear it particularly early sobriety, cunning, baffling, powerful. I don't know what that is when I'm early, when I'm early sober. Right. Sometimes I don't know it even, you know, because it comes at me in so many different ways. It just looks for a crack. And the crack was me from in my brain that got it started was I was sitting up on the 25th floor thinking I was big dog, <laughs> big dog in it. I've made it. Right. And nothing could have been further from the truth. It was right. the start of my, of my spiral. Yeah. Big time. Is there anything, any, anything, uh, any message you'd like to put out there, Jim, about about Christmas and, and sobriety? Christmas and sobriety. Well, you know, for me, I'm not, you know, I don't. Christmas is Christmas. Mm-hmm. The holidays are the holidays. Um, every, you know, I don't care what day it is in sobriety. You know, I uh, I try to make the best of it. You know, um, but that being said, people, newly sober people especially, it, it, I don't want to say newly sober, you know, it, it's, it can come at you anyway. You just don't know, you know. It's, uh, you know, my, my mind wants to trick me, you know. Fortunately for me, you know, I know today that, you know what, drinking alcohol, that's just, you know, I, t- I tell people, you know, I have no problem with alcohol. Me and alcohol, that's not a good thing, you know. And... It's just you have to be, and it may not be just drinking. It may be just the thinking, you know. So you have to, you have to be on, on top of your game. I, I, you know, I can tell you now. It's with you know, I miss my kids, my daughters, you know, because they're a ways away. We're going to go see them, um, but it's uh, this Christmas, like right now, um, probably is the best Christmas I've had in 15 years mm-hmm. and that's because of her mm-hmm. <laughs> really oh, I, I, I get that sure you know, but it's, uh, you know and I never thought I would have that 
that have it that way. So, and that's a gift of sobriety mm-hmm. because you know, a lot of them dead. Sober, so um. even though we met in a bar, we know the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. We have, we, yeah. we have the story, it's, yeah. good. it's all good. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, it's you know, if you're not on top of your game and you can't, it's just not, yeah, the holidays, you have the peer pressure, you have the family, and all that stuff. But and you may, you may even be telling yourself. I need to be careful because, you know, all the stuff that's going on right now. So you'll be on top of your game. It's when that's not there that it can come after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you least expect it. Yeah, least expect it. Sure. You know? Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, every day is Christmas. So shout out to the girls. See you hey, girls. <laughs> See you soon. Yeah. See you soon. Yeah. How about you, Rusty? You got any? You got any words of wisdom? You got any? Uh, got any uh, Christmas? Uh, Christmas wishes? Christmas uh, message? Oh gosh, live from your heart. That's I'm a heart walker, man. I I just love living from my heart. When I was hearing Scott talk, what I was thinking the biggest thing that's changed in me, because uh, the world didn't have to change, I had to change. Um, you know, I used to blame anybody or anything if I wanted to be miserable about something, but I have forgiven myself up to this day more than I ever have before and I judge myself less than I ever have before therefore mm. I can forgive other people for not being perfect or the way I want them to be and I don't judge them as much mm. and as a result of that I am able to receive and to give to give and to receive love like never before mm. um, you know, I just got back from Florida. I, you know, like we mentioned earlier in the show, mm-hmm. I've been meeting a lot of people, a lot of new experiences, pushing through a lot of fears, but I'm doing it with love and without judgment and without condemning other people. Or I don't know. There's just a... So it's like Christmas. It's like I'm into the spirit. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm able to be there, not just physically, but to emotionally and hear what people are going through. Um, but I still, I still trip, and I'll just tell you a short story. Um, I was at this one church that I volunteered my time for three days for down there, and there was this guy that um, was telling jokes to a group of people two or three different times. And on one of the times that I heard him telling a joke, I'm like, come on already, enough of the jokes. I started judging him. Mm-hmm. I wanted him really to be quiet. <laughs> Later, about an hour later, I saw him walking across the yard. And I went up to him and I, you know, said hello and greeted him. And as we talked for a couple minutes, I go, so tell me about yourself, anything. And he said, he goes, I'm really struggling. He goes, I just lost my wife three months ago. And I'm having a hard time at the holidays. And he goes, one of the things that I do is try to make myself laugh and others laugh by telling jokes. And I'm telling you, I was convicted. <laughs> and I'm like, so I kind of slipped right there, but he put me right back. Sure. You know, so it's like, but it's that type of a thing, you know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I just love people and I learn so much more because I'm open. It's a good message. I'm open. It's a good message. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. How about you, Tommy? You got a message? I stay out of the hype. 
you know, when you're in recovery, it's because we live like this, we try to live like this 365 days a year anyway. Mm-hmm. This, just, this just ups the ante a little bit, that's all. I just moved into a new place, and um, I've been kind of surprised because none of the neighbors have come over and greeted or said hello and walked into the neighborhood or anything. So I've been going out. Today I walked across the street and said hello to a guy, and the people who live next door to me, I noticed they weren't home, so I went over and I shoveled their driveway and their sidewalk for them. And uh, I was out doing random acts of shoveling today. <laughs> but you know, when I was doing that, it's not because it was Christmas. We do that kind of stuff all the time. And I'm not saying it for pats on the back. I'm just, it's kind of like Christmas doesn't really, isn't that big a deal to me because we, we do this all the time anyway. Yeah. I like being around the kids. And uh, I can remember when we were all at my mom's and she'd have all the kids at their table and adults at the other table. I'd grab my plate and I'd go sit with the kids <laughs> because that's where the hearts are yeah. with the kids. Yeah. And I'll be doing that tomorrow. I'll be spending my Christmas with my 12-year-old and seven-year-old and four-year-old nieces and nephew. Yeah. I like hanging with the kids because I'm about that level. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. How about you, Rick? You know, I, I tell you what, I was thinking about um, I was thinking about our youngest daughter. Her her husband just passed a big test. It, it's a test that would it, it's a, like one of those things that'll make him make or break a career. It was like he needed it was a, a test that he needed to pass in order to continue with his career. And if he didn't pass it, it would mean pretty much throwing the whole that whole path down the down the crapper and and he's tried a number of times to pass it and it's a real difficult test and he passed it and I was and I was just thinking yesterday he just passed it yesterday and I was just thinking how happy I was for him and for her and for their family she's they've got a two-year-old and then she, now she's pregnant I think do when February beginning of February yeah so Thanks for it, Pete. you know so it, you know so it just it was, uh, I thought, what a great Christmas for them, you know, that uh, this poor guy can finally get some sleep and, <laughs> and you, know, have, you know, have the life that he wants and that my daughter will be happy, you know, that they'll, they'll have that happiness. And it's not, you know, it's, uh, I guess what it is, is I, it's great to be thinking about other people, you know. If that's that's the most that's the message that that if I if if I had a message it would be um, you know get out of yourself you know think about other people it's it's really it's really a great thing to do <laughs> and it makes and it, and it feels so much better when you're not in your own neighborhood you know which is generally not a good one mm-hmm. you know and if you do go in that neighborhood take somebody with you yeah. <laughs> don't go alone <laughs> don't go alone. Yeah. So I guess what I would what I would say is you know I, I hope everybody everybody that's listening has really good uh, Christmas and remembers the spirit of Christmas and uh, you know remembers the importance of family and you know and and keeps that keeps that in mind and I want to thank Scott for telling his uh, story and his amusing. Amusing uh, cocktail <laughs> Christmases. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, it was good. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to, uh, Russ, you're going to sing uh, Silent Night for us. And uh, I'm going to, Russell, actually, when, when you're done, I'll do the extra. Why don't you go ahead?
Yeah, so this song captures the whole Christ consciousness about the season here. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so Tender and mild Sleep in heavenly peace Sleep in heavenly peace Silent night Holy night Shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, wondrous star, lend thy light. With the angels let us sing. our King, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Russ. Nicely done. Nicely done. Thanks to uh, Scott, thanks to Russell T., and all of you guys who came tonight to help us celebrate our second annual holiday show. Uh, Thanks to our listeners, and uh, we'll email out reminders for next week's show sometime late next week. Uh, Please check Recovery Internet Radio. That's recoveryinternetradio.com. Don't forget that, absolutely. For all our archive shows and to sign up for our email reminder list. As always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor. And together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you at 7 o'clock next Sunday evening. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.